continue this and it'll be great. And three, two, one. And this is where something usually fucks up. <laughs> Every time in the podcast, this fucks up. But hopefully we're recording. It looks like we're recording. We're good. Thayer, my man, what's going on? Not too much. Just waking up bright and early so I can see your shining face. You look <laughs> this... a little bit colder than me. Yeah. Oop, cat hand. Oh, That's a cat hand. That. This is insane. Every time I press the record button, this cat comes out of the fucking woodwork and like tries to choke me. Like it's it, it was awful. No, it's it's fine. She's she's fine. Yeah, this is early. Like <laughs> this is earlier for you because you're in fucking Kansas. But man, you were just like, yeah, I could do six thirty in the morning. I could do seven thirty in the morning, no and I was like, mornings. No, I know because you're an adult. But like for the rest of us, it's a fucking problem. Um, no, I do. I appreciate you jumping on, making time in your schedule. You're a busy motherfucker now. Uh, actually, the last time we did a podcast together, it was yours and it was at Elite. And it was about a thousand fucking degrees oh, up shit. in the, right? Damn, that's right. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. And it's, uh, we're going to like, and, and we're going to go into the history of like your background and everything too. But I think we need to deep dive into our relationship over the last several years and how it's evolved, right? So I met you in a prescript course before COVID. Was it pre-COVID or during COVID? Um, it was probably. I think we knew each other through mm -hmm. screens pre-COVID, and then like it, when COVID happened, it was just like. <laughs> All right. Who's a friend? Who's a friend? <laughs> yeah. Like, so we, I don't know. Like it was just, it was a very kind of a natural sort of, uh, you know, road there. It was like, I would see you in class. Like there was the, the fucking, what the fuck? I, my brain doesn't even work. I met you in the, um, nope, it's gone. The fucking wow. things you run now. Labs. Yeah, that's the word yeah. I couldn't remember. Sorry. <laughs> I now have Alzheimer's. I've adapted fucking Alzheimer's because it's pre eight o'clock in the morning. Uh yeah. So we met in labs and then we just kind of connected and like yeah, I don't I don't even do you want to keep having conversations? things and I say smart things. Let's let's just keep <sighs> having these outside of these. Well, it it was uh it was fairly interesting because you would say smart things. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker is smart. And then like shallow would make like a family guy joke or something. Every time I walked into the, in a, hopped into the fucking zoom call, it's like, oh, fucking Rhode Island's here. It's like, uh -huh, okay, this is good. This is fucking good. It's the only thing I'm known for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this fucking guy. Um, yeah, man. So then that kind of evolved into, then we were going to start a podcast ourselves. Remember that shit? That was wild. That because initially, whenever I purchased the domain for that, it just lapsed. No like shit. It, it came up like last month, and I was like, no, I don't need to renew this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh my God. That's, yeah. And then it's like, and this is one of the coolest things about, I would say, the strength and fitness industry is that you can have these connections in all different places and make friends in like all these different places, and you get to watch everybody kind of go their own path and go their own way. Because when I first met you, you were literally just a student of like shallow and juntas in the prescript program. And then it evolved into you kind of running your own lab, which at the time it was like, holy shit, like this is fucking awesome. Like it's a very cool opportunity that came about from you just kind of showing up. Like you were just there all the time. And it was like you, you were super dependable and you knew the material and you were helping people. And I thought you were getting paid this entire time. <laughs> I was like, God, this motherfucker must be rolling in it. He's answering all these questions. But it was, it was, it was the dynamic is cool because it was such a natural fit for you. Because no matter, it was like shallow would like answer a question, but it would make everybody realize how stupid they are. And then Thayer was like, here here's the normie answer. And then it's just like, oh, thank God the decoder ring was here. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it. That, that was kind of my entry point to it of like, they'd explained kind of this grandiose thing and like big explanation. And 
just looking at the screens, people are like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. They're like, <laughs> oh, that just went past over my head twice. And so just like breaking it down. And, and for a little while, that's really what it was. I was going to the labs from PSL1 because I think I was in the first intake in 2019. Um, yeah, it would have been around this time in January uh, 2019 because mm. I was just getting to Washburn and started going to those. And that's really, it's one of, there's always been like the communities online, but that was really the first one that I engaged in, interacted with, and like really connected with. And then, you know, at a point, just because this is how I am, I can't not speak up. Um, started like interacting and answering, and then eventually like getting to the point of like, here, let me break this down. Let me make it a little bit more digestible between these points. And, you know, just ultimately just through like not leaving it, it helped open up a lot of doors um, Pretty cool. and, and continued conversations and everything. And yeah, ultimately led to a lab. And I think that was a big connecting piece for me and you, but also a lot of other people, I think with COVID, it just helped us realize that, Hey, this has always been an option. We've just never took advantage of it because mm. You know, we've always been able to connect screen and it helped helped a lot of online companies and recording companies really put a lot of time and money on refining their product to make it a lot easier. But it's always been an option, but it always felt like, oh, he's five states away. Like, mm. I guess if I see him in person someday where I think during all that, it really just allowed us to start connecting and and part of um, with Shallow and Genta, what they really do, it's a lot more casual. Like you can actually have fun in it. You don't have to just sit there with the notepad. You're trying to take verbatim word for word notes of everything because like, oh, all of this is gold. It's like, oh, I can actually just sit here and listen and like laugh with it and understand through the context of like, memes and associations of family guy quotes or like yeah. Seinfeld episodes. Well, I mean, I, I, a, there are two labs, actually one was a, uh, one was an actual course and the other one was a lab that like really stand out. The lab was, it was one of Junta's labs. I think I was messaging you, you were in it and I was taking the call from inside my spin studio that I worked at in the closet because I didn't want to be fucked with by any of the people that came in to the fitness center. So I hid in the closet with all the spin bikes. And it was just like, why is it so fucking dark and weird on Sam's screen? I was like, Jota, I'm in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. But then the other one was, I think Shallow was in some random McDonald's. And uh, I don't know where the fuck he was. That, yeah, that one was a PSL too. I that, yeah, I yeah. That I was like, because I was, don't tell Dave, but like the, the PSL2 classes were in the morning and I was just sitting at Elite like fucking taking classes like in the first couple hours of the day. And like normally I'd have my just like headphones on, have it big screen, whatever. But like this one specifically fucking like dave and tracy were like coming up the stairs and stuff so i was like adding in a little screen but so i had my headphones in and i just hear <laughs> fucking shallow like going off on like a homeless guy like a crazy homeless guy and i'm like trying to keep my shit together and it's just fucking wild the shit that happened because you guys would you're literally traveling all over the place trying to get these like courses and these labs and these classes kind of squared away. And it's like, sometimes you have to do this shit in such a random place that you'll get accosted by a homeless man at a McDonald's sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the greatest recordings that has probably ever been made. But yep. I think, I think two aspects with that, that a lot of people connected with why some of those courses in the way it's been presented has been, so accepted or like people have connected so much with it's because first off it really was that where like hey if i need to go in a mcdonald's and use their wi-fi i'm gonna make this happen doesn't matter where and like that's part of it is that you know hey you can you can be traveling you can find a way to do this and people appreciate that time it's like hey you're mm -hmm. We paid for the course, but like you're making this work with your busy schedule. I think we found that 
people really understand that and kind of appreciate some of the genuine nature of of that, but still wanting to deliver the product and deliver quality no matter what is another yeah. one that I don't know if you were on this one or not, but whenever he was getting his hand tattooed. On oh, no, I wasn't on that one. Oh, I wasn't yeah. On, so, I wasn't on that one. <laughs> it was one. I think it was PSL 2 too, that um, like off to the screen, he was just kind of set up like this the whole time and you couldn't hear anything. And then like, he'd make like grimaces every now and, yeah, and, and then bring his hand up and just like fresh tattoos on the knuckles and just, <laughs> just like blowing them off. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that just the like genuine aspect of it and how un like unscripted and unfiltered, mm. but that's kind of always been the pre-script model. Just mm -hmm. been like, it's, it's here, like knowledge presenting it. It doesn't like, this doesn't have to be in an office. It's not scripted. It doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not refined and not probably to some aspects, not as professional as like most people are used to, but the quality is there. And like the, I think it, it hit some type of, way to connect with people through screens it made it a little bit more like oh i'm actually with this person because i think that's something that was strange to me whenever i started meeting people in person they're like oh mm -hmm. you're just like you are in labs or like on the podcast and and you know i like i've heard that a ton of times of like never meet your heroes because it's so different but it's you know the thought of like people actually coming to me and saying that it's like yeah why wouldn't I be? That's so weird. But I think the way it's delivered, there's mm -hmm. no other option to than to be yourself because it can't last for it's what I've been doing the labs for two years now. That's wild. Yeah, yeah I, it, it's funny you said that. You're like unrefined, and I immediately was like, yeah, you guys are like the Hooters of <laughs> of online education. Delightfully tacky yet unrefined, right? But no, it it, it is. It is refreshing, but the show, stay for the <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys are you guys are like the titties and beer of fitness. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, no, dude, you're right because like any other sort of, I'm just gonna say Zoom because Zoom is like the most popular one. Any sort of like Zoom course or class or whatever, there are these, especially with COVID, right? Like you see this just wall of people right? Like you just sign in and you see this wall of people and you see it with labs, I'm sure every week with like, this was like a, the phenomenon of the, the awkward zoom mic check. It's like, can you guys actually fucking hear me? Or are you just completely silent and awkward? It, you know? So it's cool to be able to be in a room full of people and, and have those personalities kind of come out, have those, the information still be of high quality, but still it's like, you can just chill the fuck out, man. Like just relax, like relax. It's all good. And we've had this conversation quite a bit in person is like, sometimes it's like, it's all good. Like, you, like we don't need to like put on this fancy show and like dance around here. Like you can just kind of be you and, and you can express the information and knowledge that you have. And I mean, fuck, we ran a seminar and it was awesome. And it was just, I don't know how many times I made fart jokes and like made no, fun of. You literally <laughs> made fun of. For the rest of the day, you called one of the participants farty drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, well, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, it, and, and that's the difference between, I think, an online experience and an in person experience is always going to be that like X factor in an in person situation. Where it's like, holy shit, that guy just shared a story about how he farted a lot in the car ride here. I'm you. That's gold, baby. That's gold, baby. How does that impact the shoulder? Let's figure it out, right? <laughs> but it's it is cool to see your growth and how you've kind of just positioned yourself in a way where you are growing and expanding with this company. And it's fucking so cool to see because again, you started out just like, you're like, I paid to be here. And now it's like, fuck you. I'm part of your team. Like I you can't escape me. So it's really, really cool to see that progression. It's like, uh, it's funny. Cause I just watched, um, an episode of new girl last <laughs> night and it's no, that's masculine. It is not. Yeah. I'm fucking with you. I fucking love that yeah. show. Um, well, because I always would joke that if um, <laughs> if I I 
never did online dating, but if I had, my bio would be an elegant uh, mix between Ron Swanson and Nick Miller. Oh, um, that's very good. But uh, <laughs> in that episode, they uh, uh, Schmidt and Winston bring in a homeless guy into their apartment to um, help them with something, and immediately... He knocks over um, a table and he's like, diversion, and runs to the bathroom and locks himself in. That's essentially what I do with Prescript. Like, I just open the door to like, let me answer some questions. And I just sprinted to the bathroom and locked myself in. Like, I'm not you're leaving. Like, you're like the stray cat of Prescript. It's like, ah, oh, this fucking thing is still here. Kind of smells, but it's kind of cute. Like, ah, eh, you don't need much. He kind of just keeps to himself in the corner. I guess he's not harming anything. He's like a cactus. He just outwit, outlast, out survive. I don't need water. Fuck you. <laughs> just be here. Just keep being here. That's my advice to any young uh, trainers and coaches. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. They'll fuck. You'll <laughs> you'll destroy their defenses over the long term. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and it's. It is, uh, I mean, it, so not only that, so you are, are at Washburn, so that's something you do too. That's fucking crazy. Like you're literally doing like all the things you have, like this pre-script thing going on. You got the labs you're doing, you did your own course. You and Mac did your own course. Talk about that a little bit. That was fucking dope. Cause you were talking, you were talking to me about that for like a year and a half prior to it, like being a thing. Damn, that's about how long me and mac were talking about it too till we finally <laughs> brought it to fruition but like i'll say this i like i'm really enjoying my 30s the last couple of years because i just, this is just 30 into them. yeah i was just like oh this is dope as shit like it's just it's kind of whenever you understand some of the systems and potential out there and it's it's more so now like you have a better understanding of that and trying to navigate it and being better equipped to take all take all of the information that you've gathered, take all the um, like context of things and be able to like direct it and put it to a central focus and actually have stuff completed. Like it's not it's not really like, oh, I wish I could do this. It's like, no, how can I find a way to do this? Or like mm. what how can I I'm very, very passionate about this. How can I use this to put information out there and share it with people. And that's part of the programming course um, that came out because just initially, like it's, there's some books about it, but it, it's so kind of ambiguous in our industry, but it's something that everyone does. Like everyone mm -hmm. does it, but it's, you know, there's programs out there, but understanding how to program outside of just like, some of Tutabampa's periodization books or like Preloquin charts, um, things like that, or, you know, some different methods out there, like some of the um, like higher up programs, instead of just following it, it's putting the thought in context and understanding like when or when not, why, why we shouldn't, different mm. contexts like that and helping people understand and kind of, I think another aspect of it coming from athletics and being in a university setting, and I'm sure you see this too, is that transition from being an athlete to just a regular gym goer or like pursuing fitness and same with young trainers that one of the thing, like they've been working out for years, but one of the context of it is it's like, I don't understand how to work out or why I'm working out. Like I understand the exercise, mm -hmm. Understand how to follow a program. I don't understand how to put a program together. Why this should go here, the order of operation, or how to switch from phases, or even how to set up phases. And I think that's where some of the initial conversations began around developing a course was the understanding of there's just a big gap in the market right now mm -hmm. in trying to bridge that, and also. One of the approaches that prescripts always take taken is it's not a system approach. Like it's more so being able to give a principle base. So if you have the mm -hmm. principles that you can adjust and adapt as needed in response to the situation, that it's not this system that breaks down. And so from that conversation started 
having similar conversations with Mac and we wanted to bring a product to market that helped not only give information to people that have taken prescript courses and kind of build up, build off of some of that information, but also help people that have been in the industry for a while, give them some context of how can we look at this different or how can we plan ahead? Um, and then the bigger market is younger trainers coming into the space. How can we help them understand how to program successfully long-term? Because so many get caught up in a model of just programming based on the session purchases or the packages where it's like, okay, I got you for three months. That's all I'm planning for. And then at the end of it, we have a conversation. Do you want to sign up again? Like, do you want to give me money so you can do this thing? And it's like, fuck. Now I got to figure out what we got to do again. Instead, we looked at, you know, how can we make fluidity of phases? That was one of the big aspects of it. We looked at Bompa's model of macro, meso, micro, and looked how to kind of fill the gap between those a little bit and give mm -hmm. a bit more context than just uh, six months to a year of a macro, um, three to four months of some meso and micro that's a week. So in our model, we created it fills the gap a little bit. And one of the big aspects of that is phases. And the phases looks at creating themes within each of those. And that's like a restorative phase, a GPP phase. If we're going to go hypertrophy, if we're going to go strength, it's how we can make a smooth transition between these phases by setting intent of each one of them and then utilizing the individual of how they're responding to give us that adaptability of, okay, do we need to stay in this phase longer because they're not responding in a way that we thought, or if they're responding a lot quicker, let's move past like let's keep going with it let's not let's move to the next phase let's not just because the program says they have to be here four weeks if they're showing us greater potential for that let's captivate on that potential and move mm -hmm. into the next phase um so a, an aspect of it was just looking at kind of giving taking that principle-based approach looking at how we can gather information initially to give us the most accurate detailed information to create a program, but also how we can look long term and kind of give us some clarity in the direction that we want to go and then reverse engineering back with that. So that was, was a huge thing. Um, when was it? It was I'm trying to think now um, what it was. October, September. September, whenever that course launched, um, and actually it, nothing's been uh, promoted yet, but depending on when this comes out, um, the programming course is going to come back early 2023, um, mm -hmm. so be on the lookout for that. If any of what I said interests you, or just reach out and ask questions about it. Yeah, and what I'll do is I'll put all the contact and links down below, and, and I'll make sure to, I mean, whenever I post this, it's going to be, I'm tag the fuck out of it with your with your contact and, and prescript and stuff like that too, so that'll be good. But yeah, man, it's, it, it's good and it's refreshing to know that there are people creating this material that not only have the knowledge, but also have the experience and have, you know, the understanding and they are, you know, doing it for the right reasons because too often, like you can just search online course on blah, blah, blah. And it like, it's a fucking crapshoot, man. Like you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going on, but <clears throat> it, and I've had really good conversations with like Nate Harvey and Bromley in the last couple of weeks. And, and we brought up programming and the, the more, I guess the more experience that people have with, with coaching and being a trainer is they realize that like, it all kind of starts with a conversation, right? It all kind of starts with a, with an understanding of who the person is, where they want to go and what sort of gap do you need to fill within that? Right. And so often I think it's backwards for, for a lot of younger coaches and trainers. It's like, I, it, it, they'll like almost pigeonhole themselves as like, oh, well, I believe in conjugate. And it's just like, just slamming it down someone's throat. Or it's like, I'm a linear guy. And it's just like, this is what we do. And it's like, you're putting the cart before the horse because 
You're not taking into consideration the fucking human being that's like right in front of you who probably doesn't know nor really gives a shit <laughs> about like the path that they go on to get there. Because at the end of the day, for most trainers, if they could sell a pill and they do, it's called like Anavar, but they, if they could sell a pill that <laughs> like got you results immediately, no one would work out. Absolutely. No one would fucking worry. That's like no one wants to do the hard stuff. Like at the end of the day, it's like everybody's just like, I just want to be fucking jacked and have a huge peen. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like it really it's it's just it's just interesting to see the uh the progression of, of a lot of this stuff and in terms of program because it is you can you can really nerd out and take a more like I don't know, traditional approach to things and be like, well, no, we need this amount. We need to do this. It's like, you don't need to do anything at the end of the day. It's like you, you, first off, if you're a trainer at a general pop sort of facility or a 24 hour fitness or whatever, it's like, these people just want to feel better. They want to look a little better. They want to feel a little better. And how best can you facilitate that with that person, their personality and get them a point where they enjoy giving you money, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're doing such a good job that they just want to keep giving you money. And mm. and a huge aspect of that programming course, like we actually spend a lot of time before we dive into programming. Like there's a several weeks leading up to it before like we're really talking about programming and it was something we were worried about initially of like, oh, are people going to understand and connect with this? But, you know, we kind of stayed the course. We were like, no, this is important. Like this is how we approach it. This is how we understand it. This is how we're going to present it. And to your point, it's understanding that person. A lot of people can view exercise or workout in isolation, but will, what will make you a great coach and trainer is understanding all the variables outside of the gym. Because how I look at it, the gym is our most controlled setting. Like it is our environment where we can control everything. We can adapt. We can adjust. Like we have a good idea and reference of the variables. What's important along with that is everything outside of the gym. It, the better understanding you have with that individual and the better context you can create of the program, you're going to get better results because you're being able to adapt around what's going on with their day, what's coming up. For example, if somebody is... If we have one week with somebody and next week they're getting ready to go on vacation, do not start a new program and don't have the expectation that they're going to go and follow that program. It's like, okay, what we're doing right now, we're just going to extend that or maybe we're going to drive a little bit more intensity this week and then go fuck off, hang out on vacation, like relax, don't worry about the gym or, you know, doing a very extensive um client intake, like in the course, we even talk about some of the uh, personality tests that we've used before to help better understand um, the, the individual to try to get some relatability to try to build some rapport to have a like better sense of empathy for that individual to really, um, really be able to create a program that they're going to be successful in because that's the biggest thing is it doesn't matter what kind of program that you make. It's shit if they're not successful with it. Like, sure, they might not be following it, but it's a real and honest conversation of, hey, maybe you set the expectations too high. And that's one of the questions that we ask is, what can you do on your worst week? Let's start there. If, if, we at least, if that's one day, if that's two days, fine. Like, I don't need five days. I don't need six days. Maybe we get there eventually. But give me something to work with on the worst day. And then we always have great potential to be able to expand it, to be able to do a lot of things. But, you know, we're not blowing our wad in the first two weeks and then we have nothing to work with. Mm, absolutely. And, and it's, <laughs> I think another point to kind of bring up, and this was obviously more prevalent in like the COVID times, but like I work with clients now online, I'll get a lot of, uh, a lot more gen pop clients than I did in the past. And sometimes they're just like, all right, so I have a garage gym. I was like, all right, cool. That's fucking awesome. What do you got? And like the first out, like I'll talk to them for like an hour 
hour, hour, 15 minutes just to get an understanding of who they are, like what, you know, why they want to do this thing. And all of these conversations are like, yeah, I got a garage gym. I'm like, oh, cool. What's in it? They're like, well, I got a 14 pound kettlebell, a rubber band and a can of tuna. It's like, how can I get jacked? It's like, it's like I will use that rubber band <laughs> and a tuna slingshot. <laughs> like, slingshot it right between your eyes as hard as you can. And hopefully you wake up in another life with more equipment. But no, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you can't go into a situation talking to a new client or a new athlete or whatever and have any expectation because you have no fucking idea. Like you have no idea where they're coming from. You have no idea what their experiences are. And if I go in to be like, oh, this guy, when he filled out his intake survey said this, 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 and this. And it's like, but then you interview him and you talk to him and it's like, who the fuck was this? Like, this wasn't even the same person. Like, holy shit. I think that you de- you guys definitely do a good job of really explaining, and I know this based because we've had this conversation. How many times have I driven from fucking Ohio to Rhode Island? And I call you like seven times and have like different hour and a half long conversations about random shit because I have too much caffeine in my system. And uh, it's just really deep diving into who the, who they are and what they need, right? And what they even have access to or even the skill set that they have. I don't know how many times, I'm sure you've seen this, quite a bit is someone's like, yeah, I was an athlete. And it's like, oh yeah, what'd you play? Oh, I played football. When? Middle school. How old are you? 47. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is happening, like, man? The athletic thing you did was playing bags at your tailgate. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 12 ounce curls, baby. Oof. But it's, it, it, it is nice though to know that like, I know you and Mac, like I know you and Mac will make a fucking hell of a product. Um, I know that you guys are really, really invested in the process of not only spreading good information, but really educating people. And uh, it, it's been amazing to see your progress just just in, in life, man. Like it's really, really cool to have just kind of touch base, have these conversations. You're like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm doing this thing. And like <laughs> a lot of the times our paths cross, like it's Swiss. You had an opportunity, you and Mac had an opportunity to talk, which you didn't fucking know about until like an hour before. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, but it's, and that's the coolest part is by you being there, just being there, that opportunity arose. And I know that we had talked about this on your podcast before, but it is that like, if you're not even in the stadium, how can you expect to play you know what i mean and it, our space and our world is not as big as people think is like the cream really rises to the top in terms of the fitness space in terms of the you know whatever you want to fucking call this crazy world that we're in and you start to see the same people over and over good or bad right because we've had conversations about people that were there and was like ugh, i can't believe people are drinking this snake oil still. Uh, but it's really, really cool to see that progress from you because we started literally just kind of in the same position. It's like, yep, we do this, we do this job around fitness and we take these classes. And then all of a sudden it was like, I got a call from Elite. You're working for Prescript. And then like a couple of years later, we're sitting at Swiss. I'm drunk. You guys are eating fucking protein shakes, which is really shows the level of adults that you are versus me. I thought Shallow was horrified when I rolled in. I was like, Oof, I just got done putting all this equipment up. Empty stomach, Jameson. Like, <laughs> I was like, this time, not a long time. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, What's going on? I was like, Just haven't eaten all day. Probably sweat about six gallons out of my body going to replenish <laughs> rehydrate <laughs> but it, it is to that point though of like just showing up and like, you don't always you don't have to drink the kool-aid but there's a ton of good people out there there's a, gun, yeah. a ton of good information and i think something that's really helped both of us over the years is just like following passion and like hey i'm actually excited about this i'm gonna follow through that's opened up so many doors for me Swiss, you know, getting like getting that ask. It it wasn't a question of like yes or no. It was like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? But yeah. yes, like mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. That's what we yeah. do. 
and you know kind of going outside of that with with uh my business byproduct performance it's really just gotten to the point with the conferences i go to and speak i'm just submitting presentations that i want to talk about now like that mm. i made that switch a couple years ago and it's like ah this is what i want to talk about if they take it cool if not that's fine i'll take it somewhere <laughs> else so it's it's just allowed me to like really really dive into some stuff that i'm interested in or you know, maybe I went in because another aspect of it is like, don't stay in your own system too long. Be able to branch outside of it, be able to like get some other information, cherry, cherry pick across all systems and take that information in and see how it adapts to yours. Like you don't have to buy into some system or one way. It's just, hey, this would work really well. And what I'm already doing, this doesn't. So I'm going to mm. leave that there. And I'm just going to go forward. And to me, that approach has been really, it's been really helpful. And it's helpful in a way that like, it just gets me excited because this is the stuff I want to know more about. And this is the stuff I want to present about. And whoever shows up for it, fantastic. Like those are the people I want, want to talk to. I'm going and doing a uh, couple presentations in a pre-conference thing in um, March in Texas and mm -hmm. kind of took Yeehaw. that exact mentality. Um, it was the pre-conference is a like it's a movement screen. It's um, talking about uh, programming design and exercise selection and implementation. And like that's essentially what I do, you know, the first stages of what I do with my trainers at uh, Washburn is, Hey, mm -hmm. let's, let's get some information and see how this influences our decision. Let's put a coach's eye to it. Let's, you know, layered to this approach and, and be able to facilitate some conversation in between that. Like I was really excited about doing this because I think it's important. I don't think it'll, enough coaches, especially new ones in a university setting that might not have a lot of context outside of their classes or um, that have, you know, never worked in a gym that they're learning these things from a textbook, but they're never actually seeing it. Let's mm -hmm. get hands on. Like, let's see somebody move and be able to identify what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Or like, even if we don't have the words or context of, you know, it's a like the um, glute me that they have a lateral shift because they're lacking like outside of all those words. It's like, that looks funny. Like, okay, that's all I need. That's the starting point that I need is you just understand something doesn't look right. Right. Fantastic. Let's, you know, now it begins a conversation of let's look through, like we can look through, different sling lines. We can look above and below that area. We can start conversation of how this is impacting other things, but being able to get hands on and now we're going to take this information. It's not just here in isolation. This is now going to influence our choices in the exercise we're selecting and how we're thinking about in context of the exercise that we select, how we're going to be able to progress that long-term. Is it at the end point? If we're starting at a barbell squat, the only option that we have is to get stronger on this. Is this right mm. for this individual? Or do they need a lot more time in developing that skill? And then, you know, the other two, it was one, um, I took a, a deceleration course uh, from uh, Spellman, um, just blanked on. Uh, <laughs> Line. <laughs> uh, but... Um, took a took a course through Spellman Performance, and it was on deceleration, and mm -hmm. it was, you know, very like I'm absolutely not a speed coach, but learning like here not even from, fast, not at all. <laughs> uh, I've I've long gone past the point of where my mindset is. I need to run from a situation. It's like yeah, either either it's going to be able to take me or like. Yeah, I like to say either to food or away from a bear. Like, <laughs> and I only need to run just fast enough to knock the person in front of me down, so yeah. the bear has a nice little snicky snack. You just have to be as fast as the slow or faster than the slowest person. That's oh, the yeah. standard we're setting now. But deceleration, 
what does that mean? I only got one speed, and that's go, baby. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> you're ooh. not first, you're last. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> but, but, you know, going and taking, taking that course and seeing it from a speed coach perspective and discussing the qualities of it, but also looking at drills on the field. Fantastic for um, any, like, any sports coaches, any track coaches, anything like that. What I took from it is like, okay, that's awesome. These are qualities that transfer into the gym that there's not positions trained on it. There's not really, it's not really contextualized in certain exercise in the understanding of, hey, how can we create some of these positions and exposure that in a controlled setting where then they can be developed um, or give us a bit more potential um, into performance-based activities or outside of the gym. Very easily looking at um, looking at like one quality. The ability to sh- shift your center of mass is a huge aspect of deceleration and the ability to create braking forces <clears throat> either, um, either going forward or laterally that you have to be able to shift your center of mass back and that's going to create a larger force to kind of slow you down or stop you. Why that matters in the context of performance is the difference between being able to change of direction or being able to stop and redirect or having to make a loop around the line or like expend more energy. And so that that's something for me it really caught on. It's like, oh, I understand it this way. Like I see how it's being done this way. These are the principles and the qualities that I took from this course. Now I'm, I'm going to look at how can I, in my area, where in my profession, in my area of understanding, how can I implement some of these qualities and aspects that I learned and ended up developing a presentation around it, looking at some of those things of what are positions of deceleration that we can create a controlled environment to develop and expand upon these and teach people how to do it. And again, if if you've coached anybody, you understand that a lot of people are pretty shit about moving their center of mass back. Like mm-hmm. just watching any hinge positions, and this is one of the oh, things yeah. with, with the movement screen that I love. It's it's the difference of are you moving your center of mass back or are you just folding forward? Because a lot of people's strategy is fold forward. Okay, let's teach this because it has qualities that expand into these different aspects. Another one is going downstairs. Huja, can you shift your center of mass back? Can you decelerate? Can you absorb force? So, you know, just that connectability, taking that, it got me really excited. And it's not, it's not a replication of it because I'm not a speed coach and I'm not going to use it for athletes, but it's mm. looking at that and like, Hey, there's, something here that I connect with, let me take it into my practice. Let me take it into my arena and be able to expand on it. And it's another thing why it stood out to me because nobody's like, it's not a common thing where I thought that was very unique to um, Spellman performance that they took this concept that is very, very important, but it's not, it's not widely discussed or widely known. Um, and then the last one, and I'm just talking about all these because I'm excited now. And I think that's kind of the point of it, but, <laughs> but the last one, I was like, you know, at the, cause this one's right after lunch. And I was like, you know, not really going to want to get people moving like my other ones. That was a huge aspect of it is I want people moving. I want hands-on. I want to take that lecture based approach and get, um, the application to make that connectability for them. I don't want it just to be theory. Whereas the last one, I kind of looked at presentations and something that derails a lot of presentations is in the first 10, 20 minutes, the person's like, anybody has any questions? Because you get the one fucking curveball from somebody in the audience that just derails all of it. It's like, how the hell am I going to bring this back? I learned that early, early on. Like, oh, yeah. Do not take, do not open it up unless you're ready for what that entails. Like if you have a like very scripted concise hour-long presentation do not derail from that yeah fucking guy raised his hand he's like what about semen it's like all right uh i don't know but back to the ankle here we go like (laughs) like, well 
It's in the body. You know what else is in the body? Your ankle. Your ankle. Your ankle. Unless you're inhaling into your ankle. And then that's a whole different story. But yeah, I kind of looked at that concept of, you know, I don't want to just talk at people for an hour. So kind of the success that we had in the labs, like the successful thing and how I start most of my labs is all of us are coming here to learn. We all have different backgrounds and perspectives and being able to give that perspective helps add context and layers to what this answer could be. I could Mm -hmm. be here for the next hour and answer everyone's questions just like just my voice and go through the line of it. But I'd rather it be conversation and discussion of like, well, this is how I would approach it. How would you approach it? Have you had clients like this? Kind of more of that group dynamic and getting multiple perspectives and really allowing it to grow and kind of expand just naturally. So I wanted to look at that and I was like, okay, here is five to six topics I'll lead in on and let those expand and grow how they can so we can take um, can take questions, can add to discussions and have that live and get it more involved and more active than just me speaking at people. With that, mm-hmm. it was also the context of like, okay, if this goes bad, because I've never necessarily done a pr- at a conference setting, a presentation like this, I was like, I need to be able to speak on each of these topics for 10 minutes. Like I, I can give a spiel, open it up. What I'm hoping, multiple hands, we can discuss and then like pivot next one, next one. And in that, it's like, it doesn't matter if I get to the last one because we covered a lot of things and I'm not being one of those presenters where it's like, ah, oh, here's my 50 slides. Let me just look at them. Tap, 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 tap. But it's trying to facilitate that conversation and that discussion because I think that's what sticks with people a lot of times and where they can take in their own setting, in their own understanding. I don't have to teach you a whole course to have this understanding because I just need you to understand this right now in your setting and understand how to take this information and directly apply to it. You might not have all the information and all the context needed to really expand and like master this concept. But if you can take something from this session and directly apply it with a client the very next day, that's a win for me. And so I wanted to look Mm -hmm. at how can I facilitate a session like that? So I'll keep you posted how it goes, but hell yeah. Well, worst case scenario, just fucking pick on somebody, pick somebody in the audience and just make fun of them the entire time. That's usually my go-to. I'm like, I don't know any of this information. You're my farty (laughs) Rob now. Yeah. Fucking farty Rob. The, uh, no man. And it's, it's cool that you, uh, kind of have that perspective and that's really how we had to kind of set up our seminar. It was like, all right, we can kind of create a, like a fucking framework. But at the end of the day is like, if we don't know who we're talking to yet, we don't know what their experiences are. We don't know what information they know, don't know, or, you know, any sort of direction. And it's funny you say that because I did a seminar with uh, Cal Dietz last year and I was shitting my pants Dude, in the great state of Kansas. It was great. Uh, Had the seminar in Kansas, same day, Sarah's fucking grandfather dies so sick real sick times Uh, (laughs) no pressure sam yeah there's like only a few like memories i really remember that it was farty rob uh it was us standing in the back just kind of making fun of the thing that we saw which was really fun uh i'm not gonna repeat that because that's not appropriate but then it was like shotgunning a monster and then (laughs) It was, and then slowly the fear crept in. It was like, is anybody going to show up? <laughs> is anybody going to be here? Uh, but <clears throat> in terms of what you were mentioning about kind of having the flexibility to really adjust to the people that you're talking to, that's exactly what I did with in that seminar. Cause I was like, I'm not going to fucking outsmart Cal Dietz ever in a million fucking years ever no data points no research no, <laughs> no not a goddamn thing he's got like five hundred thousand dollars worth of testing equipment i have at uh, nothing uh I, I have student loan debt that's what i have that's what i have uh but <laughs> but it was it was that flexibility and it was that uh connection to the audience it was really just trying to get a better understanding of who you're talking to and i i would ask more questions of them of like 
do you guys see this as important? What sort of groups do you work with? And like an entire section of mine kind of got maneuvered around because they're like, we work with giant groups of athletes. I was like, all right, well, we're not going to do this part. We're not going to do this part. We're not going to do this part because it's just, Goodbye you don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, see you later. But it is. And, it, and I think if you're going to a seminar, if you're going to a talk, if you're going to something like an educational experience in this space, if the presenter isn't morphing the information a little bit to the audience, like even just slightly, just asking like, who the fuck is in the audience? It's like, what do you guys do? Like, I don't think they're doing you a good service. Like, I don't think they're providing the value that you should get. Because at the end of the day, is if they can spout out all this information and it's like, if I were to go to a fucking conference for conference for conference, why am I having a stroke right now? <laughs> conference for like dentistry. I'm not going to be like, I could use this. It's like, because if, if my fingers are in one of my clients mouth, I'm fucking up. You're I am not going to have a job for very much longer and I'll have to rely on my only Sam's page to fucking get all the money in my life. But it's just like, it's it's simple and it's dumb, but it's like, please just share information that's valuable to people that are in front of you. And there has a certain amount of like taking your ego out of it too. Because if they're all at ground zero and you're like, but I want to talk about the neurological blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh no, please just bring it down to the people that are around you so you can help them. Because if you, if you help them and they enjoy it, and they find value in it and you better their careers or their life or whatever. When you talk about level two, level three, level four, they'll come back because they want to gain more of that information. And I think a lot of the times, and you guys do a really good job of this at Prescript, is you take this high level information and you're able to present it in a way that is, I'm going to use the word approachable, right? Because it's, it's, it is. I mean, it's taken years and years and years collectively of all of you to gain this knowledge and gain this information. And you put it within 16, <laughs> I say 16, it's not usually 16, it's more like 16 to 27 uh, weeks, <laughs> oh, <laughs> depending, no. on the, depending on the, the flow of information. But it's such a consolidated, concentrated uh, amount of time compared to how long it took you guys to understand this information. So obviously like you can't go over every single nitty gritty detail. And that was one of the things that I noticed in labs is like, you can tell the people in there that got it, that really understood the, the big, the big rocks. And they're like, but like, should I always do this length and position thing like and it's just like no motherfucker like you don't get it like you're not getting it you're not understanding it you're not understanding what the course is made for and like the big picture of how to use this information and i think that's it's so common for people to get lost in the minutia of things because it feels exciting it feels like that's the important shit and it's like no motherfucker ask them their name step one figure out their name <laughs> then go from there yeah, who are you? What do you do? How can I contextualize this to your setting? And, yeah. And, you know, you. I think approachable is a like very good word. And one of the aspects you pointed out with the courses are the labs, that it is that feeder system that I think helps a lot of people to bridge that gap. Because, like you said, there are people that understand the information, like get it. And the questions you get off of that are very specific. I get it. It's okay, like, how am I, how do I transition to this? How do I implement, like, this specific cue or detail or exercise with the individual? Whereas you'll get the other side of the spectrum where this is my first fitness course ever. I don't have a certification. I don't have any foundation. Make me understand. And so you'll know, you know, you'll get those two extremes. And I think that's, the labs really helped bridge that gap on answering questions on providing context. But also the great thing about them is hear multiple voices. Like for some people I will connect in like how I describe things, how I explain things. It connects very well. Some, for some people it's like, yeah, I still don't get it. Like I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Like, 
fair. I cool. Understand. Sick. Neither do I. <laughs> Here's my friend across the screen. Let him try to repackage this in a better way. Uh-huh. Absolutely. That's why you do that stair test with your clients, right? Because if they can't walk down the stairs, you push them down. I get it. I understand why you do yeah. that. Be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> How quickly can you recover? So you can't push your center mass backwards, but I bet you you can put it forwards really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, man. Yeah, no, man. It's, it's so fucking great to, to see you where you're at and to see you like doing the cool shit that we had talked about literally years ago, like years ago, like there was many a zoom call. There was many a conversation. There was many a phone call just talking about, Hey, this thing's kind of cool and I like it a lot and I'm going to try to keep doing it and somehow make my bills not pile up. It's going to be pretty fucking sweet. Somehow I'm not homeless yet. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it, like, and again, I don't necessarily know. I think this podcast will drop in the next day or two whenever I can just kind of get to put stuff in. It'll get there. It'll get there. But I mean, it's, it's funny. One of the steps I'm taking is I'm opening up a small gym. Like I, this is like hot Dude, off is, the press. This is news to me too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This actually was just yesterday. I'm going to get the least stuff squared away next week, but I'm kind of throwing my hat in the ring and, and like setting up my own little space and, and just kind of doing things, it, it, taking the information I've learned over the last several years and the experiences I've had and just realizing I'm looking around, I'm like, it's not many fucking places around here that will provide a really high quality like product in terms of how you work with somebody, attaining those goals, getting to know them, understand like it everybody's very like i feel like it's a 1997 24 hour fitness like it, it's just very much like an old school mentality or even worse it's like a fucking crazy new school like weird shitty place that's i don't know like elitist like it's just so fucked it's just so fucked it's like people are just trying to do too many different things and it's like no i'm just gonna do the thing that like how i do it and just see how it goes so we'll uh I may be living out of that space, so that'll be cool. Uh <laughs> well, and, and you know, like to the to the same extent that you said, like it's exciting seeing what what you've done and like where you're going and how you keep adapting and adjusting and like where you find yourself. And it's because like because you're willing just to kind of go into the fire. You're like, fuck it, I'll move across the country. I'll do yeah. it again. I'll you know, somehow I'm, I'm going to manage like all these personalities and like manage this space and like be able to make all these contacts and, and be able to meet people and mm. make a lasting impression that they, you know, you like the phone numbers that you have or like the people that have reached out afterwards that like have been very complimentary of being able to meet you or like wanting you to be successful in the space and there to help you. I mean, I think that speaks to your character. And that's one aspect of that I very, very much appreciate whenever we get to have these conversations and just seeing you in the space is like, you're doing good things and good things are happening and a lot of opportunities are developing. And I'm excited to hear what, like what this next step is going to be for you, because <coughs> I never want to be a gym owner. So Props to you for taking on that <laughs> headache. But, but I think it's also interesting because being like, you've been to Kansas, you yeah. understand, like you've lived in the Midwest, you understand, mm -hmm. like, you kind of understand the, like the area, you understand that there are those large gaps. It's either like, hey, the high quality is the high quality fitness people in that space like maybe it's the university and even then like sometimes it's you work in a university setting so now you kind of see like what all that entails there's some very high quality people in it there's some questionable uh things in it oh yeah um but then also like in in spaces that hey is this like you might be in the situation where it's a dominant commercial gym and then just a bunch of people that just like fitness that randomly have opened up space but like there's such a gap in they never stayed kind of within the industry of learning exploring adapting like going places getting this information and being able to take that and bring it back it's like nope i got 
I got a certification in 1980, and I've just been riding the coattails of that. Nothing has changed since then. Don't you worry. Not a single fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like To me, that's exciting because it, there is such a gap in the market in places like that, that there's this potential of what can I create and where can I make this impact because no one else is doing it. The other interesting thing, like you going from spaces where you worked in a place where there was literally everything. You worked for a company that made equipment. So it was like, oh, I think we need this. We're going to make it where you're now going to have to get to the point where you're like, what is essential? What absolutely well, it's, do I need? It's, yeah, it's funny you say that. that I don't it, it's funny you say that because even there, and I think I've talked to you about this, is like even in a playground where you have everything you want, I think we used six things. <laughs> we always use the same bench. We always use the same mono. And then frankly, like the machines and stuff, we did could kind of go without. Like we only use the machines is because it's like, yo, I can sit down and do legs. Done. Done. Here we go. This is what we're doing now. Because but it it is amazing that the essentials are the essentials regardless of where you are. Like you can have more frills on it. You can have more bells, more whistles. But like, I just realized like just even when I was talking to Goodwin about equipment, I'm like, I don't need a ton of shit, man. Like it's 1500 square feet. I have a couple trainers that, and frankly, I'm turning the gym into, I don't want to, it's going to be something that I uh, am the owner of. And like, I, that's my thing, but it, I really want to turn it into a hub for learning a hub for other coaches to like kind of get rolling and like get them in there and start training their clients. And, you know, I, I don't want to be in a gym every day, right? Like having to train everybody and do that. I, I want to create something that is beneficial for the trainers in this area, right? I, I want to create a space that has quality equipment in it that has reasonable rates for them to rent that has, you know, that, that isn't going to in a fucking beat up old warehouse where you need a tetanus shot. If you touch the wall, right? Like this is a brand new building and I just lucked out cause I know the person that owns it. And, and like, I really want to create a, like you, like we had talked about an approachable place to be a really good trainer. I want to bring guys like you in to have talks. I want to do seminars there. I want to, it just needs to be an educational hub. It's less of a gym. It's got, it's an educational hub with fucking squat racks, right? Like that's what we're going to be doing. It's like, I want people to come in and learn about how to train better, how to educate people better, how to be better coaches, how to not be douchebags in an environment that is pretty prone for douchebaggery, right? So it's going to be something not like anything that's around here because there has been nobody, I'm me. Like there's nobody can fucking steal the shit that I've been able to go through and be able to experience and be able to connect with and learn from. So it's like, I'm just going to take me and kind of put it into this space and see what the fuck happens. And it's, I don't know. Like I said, I may fucking live out of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know at this point. It happens. Fine. I've lived in worse places. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of speaking to that. It's that's the exciting thing is, yeah, I'm not like, it can be exciting of, yeah, I'm basically like building a larger garage gym and training some people. But what you're speaking to is I want to develop a, co a culture. I want to like, you essentially want to become the gym that is known for high quality trainers because mm -hmm. there in that is a true gap in the market of you no, know, the, from the commercial space that a majority of managers or owners of those, they look, they're business people because it's a franchise right. and like right. trying to make money out of it. Whereas you have the other extreme of, um, of it, the, the qualifications to get a foundational CPT is very, very low. And like to get, and that's kind of how I look at it is it's like foundational information, but to bridge that gap of understanding into application, you need to like, you need to do it but you also need outside perspective of continued education and being mm -hmm. in a space that encourages that and that like you having the ability to take what you've learned, the connections you've made and have that influence in a, an environment that can create a culture that can develop education like that 
helps everyone. So mm. that's very, very exciting. And, and the other aspect of it is you do very quickly learn, I don't need all the shit. Like in a commercial space, you need a lot of shiny things because that's to the quality of people that you're trying to bring in is like they need shiny things. And like, mm. like you use the water massage bed once your first time here and then it broke. <laughs> Why did that homeless broke? guy cut a hole in it and try to have sex with that table? What the- <laughs> <laughs> so probably no massage water beds at your place, but but it is really understanding that of like like we can get a lot done with the essentials and to you know I think in in kind of this conversation like to Joe DeFranco's point like be a hometown hero it doesn't take mm-hmm. much but if you develop that culture and that culture produces results it gets out there like it people start paying attention people start knowing about it and in in that it can create even more opportunities so that's exciting Mm -hmm. as hell yeah and i really for a selfish reason i really want to create a space where i can invite my friends out to do cool things yeah 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 yeah. it'll be super cool yeah you're not you know you're not down in a industrial part where you have like three broken windows and you're like hey um you might want to carry yeah, it's probably Ignore- better if, you, if you drive here, because I'm gonna need you to uh, have something on you. Just ignore ignore the gaggle of raccoons in the ceiling tiles. Ignore them; <laughs> they've been here before us. They'll be here after us. <laughs> bring the rent down. It helps. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Oh man! All right. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll kind of bring this in for a landing here. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little intro before this, but I want you to kind of pimp out your shit because I know it's good for you. You need to pimp out your shit more and go. Um, so thanks. Um, so, um, I'm a, one of the coaches at, uh, Prescript do Sunday lab. So if you take any of the Prescript courses, you automatically have access to some of our weekday labs. Um, highly encourage taking some of those or checking out any of the Prescript courses, um, me and James McIntosh built out a programming course that should be coming out in the next couple months. There should be announcement in hopefully the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that outside of it. Um, my company, Byproduct Performance, uh, this year we're really starting to expand more so into consultations. So that looks at one-on-one consultation with coaches kind of in some of the aspects that we just discussed of getting more context, kind of expanding from what their knowledge is, looking how um, we can create some more education to influence decisions within their own programming or their client program. Um, Another aspect of it uh, that I'll be doing is, it's something called painting the edges. And essentially it is looking at um, being able to bring presentations, being able to bring workshops, either online or into your space. Um, So it's opening that up and available if people are interested, wanting me to come present to them at their facility, to their coaches, to their people. Um, That is an option now. Um, And all that's on my website, byproductperformance.com or all on my um, Instagram page. And if you're not sure about any of it, just directly message me. It's easier that way. And I'll be uh, I'll be tagging Thayer in this. I'll be putting all this stuff down below. And and yeah, anything you want me to add, uh, just shoot it over, and I can I can add the website. I can do everything you want, just to make sure. Um, cool, man. Fuck, time flies. Now I'm energized, right? That was better yeah. than a cup of coffee. Oh. That was, <laughs> yeah. Now I have to go back into work mode. So we'll be. Uh, that's that'll be something. You gotta bring but, it down just a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah, bring it down. Can't be uh, fucking scaring people away now. Um, so there. Thank you very much for jumping on. Truly appreciate it as always. Um, I'm glad that we could have this conversation because this conversation was going to happen regardless. It was just nice that now we can have some fucking content for it, uh, <laughs> which, which is nice. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for checking this episode out. I think this was episode 19 almost to 20. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you in the next one.